This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. How many big sleeps until Santa arrives? Hmm? Well, I leave that mathematical problem in your lap. We'll get on with our week of Christmas-themed shows. Now, we've had Christmas stories from Boston Blackie, Burns and Allen to Edgar Bergen. Now it's time to feature one of the greatest detectives of all, Sherlock Holmes, and the show that was first aired in 1944. You know, when you think about it, that must have been quite a nerve-wracking time to live with the whole world caught up in two theaters of war in Europe and in the Pacific. So people were looking for any entertainment that would at least for a half an hour or so take their minds off thoughts of guns and V-2 rockets. We'll hear a recounting of Twas the Night Before Christmas as told by Dr. Watson, Sherlock being played by Basil Rathbone and Dr. Watson by Nigel Bruce. They made a great pair on radio, and I know you're going to enjoy the story tonight. And then stay tuned at the half hour for Jack Benny and the hilarious tale of Jack trying his best to buy a gift for his announcer, Don Wilson, but he just can't settle on a gift cheap enough. (laughs) It's a tale that employs all the famous traits of Jack Benny at his cheapest. Now, I found a wonderful explanation of why he was so successful. At some point in his career, he developed a miserly persona. This stage character was everything that Jack Benny was not. Cheap, petty, vain, and self-congratulatory. His comic rendering of these traits was the linchpin to the success of his show. Benny set himself up as a comedic foil, allowing his supporting characters to draw laughs at the expense of his own flaws. With his humanism and vulnerability in an era where... Few male characters were allowed such character traits. Benny made what could have been unlikable into an everyman character. That's at the half hour. But now it's time for Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce in the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure he shared with his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. And now I'm sure our good friend Dr. Watson's waiting for us, so let's go in and join him. Ah, there you are, Mr. Bartell. Oh, say, Doctor, I can see you're going to have yourself quite a Christmas. Big tree in the corner with colored lights on it. Where'd you get those? Table covered with presents? You must be mighty popular. Ah, they aren't all for me, my boy. You see, I'm having a Christmas party tomorrow 
for my housekeeper's little nieces. Oh. I'm going to dress up as Santa Claus for them. <laughs> well, I'm sure you look very convincing in the part. Oh, by the way, Doctor, I, uh, I brought you a little present. Ooh, Here it is. I hope you'll like it. <laughs> I got one for you, too, here, Summer. Oh, you, you uh, mustn't open it until tomorrow. Here you are, my boy. Thanks a lot, Doctor. And uh, now, how's about tonight's story? Last week, you told us you'd chosen an adventure with a lot of Christmassy atmosphere. Yes, Mr. Bartell. My story begins on another Christmas Eve many, many years ago. To be exact, in 1886. At the time the adventure occurred, I must confess I didn't quite understand what was going on myself. In fact, I never did uh, quite make head or tails of it until, until Holmes took pity on me later and explained the, the whole thing. But I shan't try to confuse you, Mr. Bartell. I'll tell you the story exactly as it happened. <laughs> right you are, Doctor. Let's go. Very well. On that Christmas Eve in 86, I was standing in our Baker Street rooms, dressed in the costume of uh, Santa Claus. Holmes' his long, thin fingers pressed together, lay back in an armchair and gazed at me quizzically, while our housekeeper, Mrs. Hudson, stood by the door and... Uh... Dr. Watson, you make a grand Santa Claus. <laughs> Don't you, Mrs. Hudson? <laughs> Try the beard on, Watson, old chap. I'm afraid this is going to be a little uncomfortable. Uh, uh, how, uh, how does it look? Oh, you look just like the old man on the Christmas cards, Doctor. <laughs> yes, Watson. It really becomes you. The cheery twinkle of the eyes, the ruddy complexion, and the uh, the appropriate girth. What a shame we can't obtain some snow on a sleigh and reindeer for you. However, I'm sure Mrs. Hudson's nieces will be very much impressed. Uh, well, that's sir. And it's very kind of you, Doctor, to offer to come over to their house with me. Mm, with her oh. father in the hospital and my sister at his bedside, it would have been a very miserable Christmas without oh, you. Oh, I shall enjoy myself, but I think I'll take this beard off before we get there. Uh, that's it. Are you ready to leave, Mrs. Hudson? I am, sir. Uh, will I get a cab? How far do we have to go? Oh, Lexington Gardens, number 28. It's just off the Edgeware Road, Doctor. Well, not far, but bearing in mind my costume, I suppose we'd better take a cab. Aye, sir. I'll get one. Holmes, what are you going to do with yourself? I hate leaving you alone on Christmas Eve. Oh, don't worry, old chap. I shall spend a profitable evening writing on my new monograph. Well, what's this one about? An analysis of teeth marks on pipe stems, and with particular regard to indicated character. Oh, gracious me, how exciting. Well... I must be going. <laughs> Don't forget your sack of presents, old fellow. No, 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 no. Uh, when you come to distribute them, you'll find that I took the liberty of adding a few trinkets on my own behalf. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you, Holmes. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Holmes, but there's a gentleman to see you. Says he's an old friend of yours. Here's his card, sir. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's Lord Whittacombe. Splendid. Ask him to come up, please, Mrs. Hudson. All right, sir. And I hope your party is a great success, Mrs. Hudson. Well, thank you, sir. Are you sure you don't want me to stay uh, now that you have a visitor? Oh, no, 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 no. Indeed, no, Mrs. Hudson. I can show the gentleman out myself. You go off and have a good time. Thank you, sir. Oh, I wonder what Lord William wants. Perhaps I should stay. No, no, please, a... my dear fellow. Certainly not. Yeah? You know, you've far more important work to do. Whittacom probably wants his revenge at chess or something equally innocuous. Off with you, my dear fellow, and enjoy yourself. Oh, I'm going to go. Just to say, I wish you were coming with me. I'll, uh, I'll see you later. I shall be there. Uh, come on up, Whittacombe. Hello, Holmes. Oh, evening, Watson. You make a very convincing Santa Claus. Are you leaving? I am afraid so, Lord Whittacombe. Well, good night, then. Uh, good night, good night, sir. How are you, Holmes? All alone on Christmas Eve, <laughs> eh? 
Yes, William, I'm glad you came over to see me. Mm-hmm. What's it to be, an evening of chess, or have you unearthed some recent treasure of medieval pottery that we can discuss? Neither, Holmes. I come to you in your professional capacity. I, I need help. Oh, 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 oh. come now, Whittacombe. Don't tell me that after all these years of quiet friendship, you're going to become a client. <laughs> I'm afraid so, Holmes. Though I doubt if my problem will, problem will interest you very much. It's hardly up to your uh, uh, rather colourful standards. Uh, care for a cigar? Oh, thanks. Ah. Now, my dear Whittacombe, what's your trouble? Well, I decided this year to have a little Christmas party at my townhouse. I'm quite comfortably off, as you know, and it occurred to me that I have several relatives and friends who are not as well off. I'm having a party for them tonight, Holmes, and I hope you'd attend it, disguised as uh, Santa Claus. Oh, my dear fellow, I've adopted many disguises in my time, but Father Christmas has never been one of them. Why do you want me to attend your party in disguise in any case? You ashamed of your friendship with a, a private detective, or um, do you consider my features more acceptable when buried beneath the depths of a snowy beard? Oh, my dear Holmes, do take me seriously. I'm not joking, I assure oh, you. Of course you're not, of course you're not. You, uh, you want me to attend your party in disguise. Why? I'm giving some very valuable presents. Uh, diamond and onyx cufflinks, mm-hmm. uh, platinum and ruby earrings, and then such like. And I've wrapped each of the presents in banknotes. <laughs> dear me. Uh, where are these presents now? In a sack. In charge of my butler. I was going to dress up as Santa Claus and give them out myself. Until I got the warning letter. That's why I've come to you. Warning letter, eh? Yes. I received it by this evening's post. Listen to this. <clears throat> my dear Lord Whittacombe, your generosity with Christmas presents borders on ostentation. We do not approve. Neither we receive £5,000 in sovereigns at post-restaurant box 379 by 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve... Well, I'm afraid your Christmas party will be conspicuous by its absence of presents. Let me see that note, Whittingham, will you? Yes, here we are. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Plain paper, torn from a penny notebook. The writing is obviously disguised. By George, yes. Whittingham, I accept the case. I'll come with you to your party at once. And furthermore, I shall follow your suggestion regarding a disguise. Dressed as Santa Claus, I shall be less likely to attract suspicion. I'm delighted, Holmes. But uh, what made you decide so suddenly? This writing, my dear fellow, this writing. Oh, it's uh, in a false hand. I'd know that characteristic M in my dear Whittacombe. I've seen it too often at the beginning of a signature. Moriarty. Moriarty? Who's he? Oh, one of the cleverest and most unscrupulous criminals in England. Whittacombe, there's no time to be lost. It's, let me see now, 630 Half an hour beyond the deadline given you in this letter. We must go to your house at once. This is as far as the cab can take us, Doctor. Now, here you are, cabby. Here's five shillings for you and a, and a Merry Christmas. Oh, bless you, gentlemen, and a Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> uh, you said you wanted to get into the house through the back way so that you could surprise the children. Yes, I thought well, I'd I them thought... to come down the kitchen chimney. Oh, you can get to the back of the house by going up the alley here. I'll go in the front door. Splendid, splendid, Mrs. Hudson. Which is the house? Number 28. It's the third one down the alley, Doctor. I'll have the back window open in no time, and you can slip in without any of the barons seeing. Very well. A gloomy little street, I must say. Hello. Where's the music coming from? Oh, it's from that temple across the street, Doctor. The disciples of the octagonal square, they call themselves. 
What on earth do you suppose that means? Oh, some newfangled cult. Heathens, most likely. Oh, hello, hello. I'm not the only Santa Claus abroad tonight. Look at that fellow across the street over there. Oh, dressed just like yourself, Doctor. And carrying a sack, too. Oh, he's running up the steps to the temple. Great Scott, he, he slipped on the ice. Oh, what a hurry was. Here, here, my man. Oh, oh, oh be careful now, sir. Doctor. Dinner trip for yourself. Here, you are, now. Give me a hand. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, silly of me, wasn't it? Oh, we Santa Claus have to help each other, you know. Up you come. That's it. Woo! Oh, Gracious oh Doctor, I told you to be careful. Oh. Now you've fallen, too. Oh, it's this confounded red coat of mine. It tripped me up. Oh. Did you hurt yourself, sir? No, 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 no. I'm all right, I think. Oh. Silly of me to run, wasn't it? Uh, here's your sack, sir. Oh, thank you. Good night, and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, good night, same to you. Same to you. Oh, he went into the temple. Must be a disciple of the Cagnall Square. You're sure you're no hurt, Doctor? No, no, of course not, Mrs. Hudson. Give me my sack, please. Thank you. Your sister's house is the third one down this alleyway, you say? I'll hurry and open the back window. Yes, I'll be waiting for you, Mrs. Hudson. <laughs> rather fun. What a shame Holmes isn't with us. Well, he's probably happier having a good game of chess with Lord Whittacombe. This is my house, Holmes, number 39. 39 Branson Square, eh? And dear old Watson is just around the corner in Lexington Gardens and hasn't any idea that I've left Baker Street. Yes, uh, here you are, Caddy. Uh, thank you, sir. A uh, Merry Christmas, sir. Uh-huh. Isn't that carol singers? Yes, we'll probably have our fill of them before this evening's over. Good evening, my lord. Have the, have the guests arrived, Hargreave? Most of them, sir. They're in the library. You brought another Santa Claus with you, I see, my lord. Another Santa Claus? What do you mean? The gentleman arrived three quarters of an hour ago, sir, dressed as Santa Claus. I took him to your study, my lord, and showed him the sack of presents. Confound it! He's got here before us. Where's this study? This way. I hope I didn't do wrong, my lord. You told me that a gentleman dressed as Santa Claus would be coming here. Dear me, the gentleman appears to have gone. Yes, and the sack containing the presents with him. But he can't have left the house, my lord. I, I've been watching the front door. Yes, and while you were doing that, he slipped out through the window here. The catch is undone. Hargrave, describe this man. I can't tell you much about his appearance, I'm afraid, sir. He was dressed as Santa Claus, just like yourself. But I did notice one thing about him, sir. Oh, what was that? He lisped, sir. It was quite pronounced. Of course. Lou the Lisper. Who on earth is Lou the Lisper? One of Moriarty's most trusted accomplices. Fortunately, though, I've had news of him lately through my underworld grapevine. You, uh, you know where he lives? He is reputed to have some uh, connections with a new cult that calls themselves the Disciples of the Octagonal Square. Their headquarters are just around the corner from here. Let, let's go there at once. Of course, and Hargrave. Yes, sir. Get a message to Scotland Yard as fast as you can. Ask for Inspector Lestrade and tell him to join me at the Temple of the Octagonal Square in Lexington Gardens as soon as possible. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Oh, the children are awful excited, Doctor. I told them you just came down the chimney. Oh, I'll slip the beard on and then I'll go into them. There we are. Will I announce you, Doctor? Yes, yes, please, Mrs. Hudson. All right, sir. Now, children, quiet. Uh, Santa Claus has come to see you, and he's brought you all presents. <laughs> hello, hello, children. Hello, Santa Claus. My name's Elsie. Did you bring me a present? Oh, I, I did, Elsie. I'll look in my sack in a minute. And uh, what's your name, young man? Herbert, they call me Bertie. Did you come down the chimney? Yes, Bertie. I bet you had a time doing it. You're so fat. Oh, don't be rude, Bertie, or Santa Claus won't give you your present. And what's your name, little man? Lionel. I've got a cold. Yes, I see you have. Uh, well, children, gather around me and I'll see what presents I got for you. The first present is for... Oh, can't be right. It says for Her Grace, the Dowager Duchess of Beulah. Oh, do you suppose Mr. Holmes has been playing a practical joke on you, Doctor? I suppose so. Well, I can't see the point myself. But he did say that he'd added a few trinkets of his own. Then supposing you take this, Elsa. Oh, thank you. And this one is marked for the Reverend Arthur Carter. Okay. And you at home, Sir Doctor. Here you are, Bertie. Cool, thanks. And this is for you, Lionel, because you've been a, a good little boy. This is a very big, is it? I wanted the dog. Oh, wanted the dog because me. Well, I'll bring you a dog next year, Lionel. Oh, Doctor Watson. Uh, yes, Oh, look at the wrapping on these presents, Doctor. Whether twenty-pound notes. It's cut. Oh, cool. look what I got. Now, let me see. Why, uh, cufflinks and diamonds and onyx. Ones, unless I'm very much mistaken. I got pretty earrings. Look how they sparkle. Let me see, Elsie. Oh, good gracious, I swear that these are platinum rubies. What in thunder's going on? I want my earrings back. Give me back mine, too. Well, 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 well here, here you are, here Doctor you are. Dr. Watson, what do you suppose has happened? I don't know, Mrs. Hudson. Perhaps my toys are still at the bottom of the sack. I can't understand it. I wish Holmes were here instead of dozing in front of our fire in Baker Street. Where are you, Holmes? Here by the bed. This is the only room in the temple that gives any signs of having been lived in. I think our bird has been here, but I'm afraid he's flown. If she Inspector Lestrade will get here. Strike a match, will you, Whittacombe? Right. Yeah. Here's a candle on the table. Ah, oh, just as I feared. Look on the bed. A red coat and a beard. Yes, Lou the Lisper has discarded his disguise and gone. And with him, I'm afraid, your valuable presence. No, wait a minute. Here's a sack lying on the floor. Oh, no, this isn't mine. Look what's in it. A toy dog. Large box of chocolates. Little girl's dog. What is thunder? Well, this is Watson's sack. But how on earth could Lou the Lisper have got hold of it? Somewhere, somehow, he and Watson must have made an accidental change, and Lou the Lisper is no doubt trying to track Watson down at this very moment. He must work fast, Whittingham, or my friend's life and those of Mrs. Hudson and her relatives won't be worth our tinker's dam. Oh, now, Doctor, you can't break off your story there. Oh, yes, I can, my boy. Before I go on, I thought we'd have a glass port just to, <laughs> to freshen us up. Oh, well, that's <laughs> that's something different. Of course. Instead of talking about port, as I sometimes do, it'll be nice to drink some for a change. There you are, my boy, and a, and a Merry Christmas to you. The same to you. And now, what happened next, Doctor? 
We left you at the children's Christmas party in Sherlock Holmes and Lord Whittacombe around the corner at the Temple of the Octagonal Square. Yes, Mr. Bartell, although at the time, of course, I had no idea what was going on. There I was, cheerfully handing out gifts worthwhile, if not a king's, at least a baronet's ransom. While outside the Temple of the Octagonal Square, Holmes and Lord Whittacombe were talking to Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard. In a nutshell, Lestrade. Yeah, seems to me, Lord Whittacombe, you'd have been wiser to get in touch with Scotland Yard when you first got the warning note. We could have nabbed him when he came to your house and pinched the sack of presents. Lestrade, this is no time for post-mortems. We've got to reach Lou the Lisper before he finds Dr. Watson. Do you suppose he can do that, Holmes? It wouldn't be difficult. Lou the Lisper is nearly as clever as his master, Professor Moriarty. The chances are that you were followed when you came to Baker Street tonight, Whittacombe, and it's equally likely that Watson and Mrs. Hudson were followed as they left it. Mariotti seldom leaves anything to chance. Well, where did Dr. Watson go tonight? 28 Lexington Gardens. It's just around the corner from here. Well, then let's go there at once. Fight not quarry away. No, 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 Lestrade. We must use a little subtlety. Now, Lou the Lisper wishes to recover that sack of presents from Watson. How would he invade the party with the least possible trouble? By, uh, by dressing up as Santa Claus again. No, no, I think he's overplayed that role for one evening. Well, then how would he try to get in, Mr. Holmes? Oh, come now, Lestrade. What group of people can enter any house on Christmas Eve without invitation and without creating suspicion? You can Exactly, my dear fellow. I shouldn't be at all surprised if at this very moment Lou the Lisper and some of his gang are singing carols outside 28 Lexington Gardens. Well, then what are we going to do? Form a rival choral society. How many of your men did you bring with you? Three. A sergeant and two constables. Wearing greatcoats? <laughs> yes, Mr. Holmes. But why? Good. They can hide their helmets and pretend to be singers. Come on. Let's go over there, and while we're walking, we'll rehearse our carols. We must appear reasonably convincing. Sanjare, Lestrade, Sanjare. Santa Claus? No, no, you mustn't make Santa Claus too tired, love. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Hudson. Hop on, Lyle, hop on. Oh, they see each other. Oh, isn't that nice? Can't they come inside and sing for us, Santa Claus? Yes, of course they can. Ask them to come in, Mrs. Hudson. Oh, I'd like to. Oh, come on, let me get on your back, too. Oh, now, now, take it easy. Oh, there we go. I want to see your reindeer, Santa. See my reindeer? Oh, oh, my dear brother, tap on the roof. I'll climb up and see him. No, 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 you mustn't do that. They're asleep. Oh, here are the carol singers. Off you get, children. There we go. That's it. Now, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, and Merry Christmas. Would you like to sing some carols for the children? After that, I'm sure you'd like a drop of <laughs> something to warm you up. Well, thank you, sir. We should like that. Uh, haven't I uh, met you before somewhere, my man? Uh, no, sir. I'm sure you haven't. Uh, come on, man. Let's sing Good King Wentzelet. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. Well, here we are outside the house, Mr. Ome. Now watch. Listen. Uh-huh. Lou the Lisper and his men are already there. Are we going in now? In a moment. Now, men, you will have your truncheons handy? Yes, Mr. Holmes, we're ready. Splendid. Now, remember, when we're inside and I yell, Merry Christmas, at the top of my voice, you bring out your truncheons and get Lou the Lisper and his gang out of there as quickly as possible. Don't arrest them until you get them outside again, Lestrade. I don't want to frighten the children. Right, you are, Mr. Holmes, we're ready. Just give us the word and we'll go in and get them. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, that was very nice singing. And now, how about something to warm you all up? That won't be necessary, Dr. Watson. See to the door, Sammy. Now, all of you, stay right where you are. Who are you? What do you think you're up to? Please don't be difficult, Doctor. All I want is the jewels out of my sack that you stole from me tonight. If you try and stop me, I shall have to hurt you. <laughs> Why do you talk so funny? You got a cold like me. Shut up. Now, Doctor, where are the jewels? Oh, curse it. There are some more carol singers outside. Why don't you have to go away, Lou? No, better let them come in. If we don't, they might get suspicious. All right, Lou. First you know what you're up to. Now, no tricks, Doctor. If you try and give an alarm, I shall have to get rough with you. Oh, I don't mind about that, but just remember that there are children present. Are there, Manny? Yeah, you only here before you, eh? Uh, what you say? We all join a little carol for the nippers, eh? Uh, well, all right. Uh, what What do you want to sing? Uh, man, uh, up the old angels sing, eh? Uh, all right, all right. Uh, come on, men. Let's sing. I'll explain it to you later, old chap. Lestrade! Yes, Mr. Holmes. Uh, take them to Scotland Yard and prefer charges. I'll be over in a little while and give evidence. Right you are, sir. <laughs> too bad we didn't catch Professor Moriarty, too. Well, at least we have some of his cohorts. I'll see you later, Lestrade. I wish I knew what was going on here. Is Moriarty mixed up in this business? Yes, Watson. I'll tell you all about it as soon as I've straightened this thing out. Now, uh, Whittacombe. Yes, Holmes. The 20-pound notes that you used as wrapping for your gifts seem to have been scattered all over the house. Uh, do you want me to recover them, too? No. From what you've told me of the children, I think their parents could use the money much more profitably oh. than my relatives. In any case, I can replace it. A very generous Christmas gift. Well, children, did you enjoy the uh, little game we staged for you? It was enough, fun. Yes. <laughs> I nearly died laughing when they started hitting each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, children. And now I, uh, I want you to show me the presents you received. Oh, they were a part of the game, too. A nice little girl like you doesn't want silly earrings, Elsie. Here's a beautiful doll for you. Cool. Her eyes open And what did you get, my little man? These. Oh, cufflinks. Good gracious. Who wants cufflinks when he can have a, a clockwork train? You want to exchange? My lord, love a duck, yes. Yeah. I wanted the dog. There's one for you, Lionel. A nice, nice woolly dog. Oh, oh. good. <laughs> here's a nice... Here you are, Charlie. Here's a nice big box of chocolates, too. You can all share them. Oh, oh. lummy, what a night. Oh. I ain't had as much fun since Granny got her finger stuck in a plug-o. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand what's going on, Holmes, but I, I must say this has all the earmarks of... It's been a happy Christmas. Yes, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Mrs. Hudson. Hi, Mr. Holmes. Uh, how's, the, um, how's the turkey coming along? Oh, it'll be ready in a few minutes, Mr. Holmes. Splendid. And, and while we're waiting, perhaps the children will oblige with something we haven't heard so far. Yes. Mrs. Yes, I know what you mean. A Christmas carol that really sounds convincing. How about it, children? All right, sir. Come on, Elsie. Come on, Lionel.
Well, Doctor, that was really a a swell story. On a Christmas Eve like this, do you ever wish you were back in Baker Street celebrating Christmas there? Times, yes, but actually, Mr. Bartell, I'm I'm very happy right here in my little home. There on the table is a beautiful little Christmas tree. There's a fine fire in my fireplace. My two dogs, Monty and Willie, are, are sleeping peacefully at my feet. And best of it all, I've got the love of every child in the, in the neighborhood. Yes, I got a great deal this Christmas Eve. Lots to be thankful for. And what with the troubles of the world on their way to being settled, it looks as if this is the brightest Christmas that, that I've ever had. Well, that's how I feel about it, too, Doctor. I hope that all our friends listening in are just as happy this Christmas Eve as we are. And speaking not only for myself, but I know for all of us and for the Petri family, too, we wish every one of you a happy Christmas from the bottom of our hearts. God rest ye merry, gentlemen. Well, Dr. Watson, next Monday is New Year's Eve. What story do you plan to tell us? One that I think you find extremely appropriate, Mr. Bartell. It takes place in a Scottish castle near Edinburgh on a New Year's Eve in 1900 and concerns a pair of lovers, an elderly baronet, and uh, a strange iron box that proved to be more than worth its weight in gold. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher and was suggested by an incident in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Adventure of the Blue Carbuncle. Music is by Dean Fossler. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer and Mr. Bruce through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, where they are now starring in the Sherlock Holmes series. The Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, invites you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios. This is Harry Bartell saying goodnight for the Petri family. For a solid hour of exciting mystery dramas, listen every Monday on most of these same stations at 8 o'clock to Michael Shane, followed immediately by Sherlock Holmes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Stay tuned for the Jack Benny Show next up on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the Jack Benny Show on Theater of the Mind. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the Sportsman, and yours truly, Don Wilson. more days till Christmas. So let's go down to the local department store where Jack and Mary have gone to do their last-minute Christmas shopping. Mary, Mary, read my Christmas list, will you please? Uh, gold cufflinks, platinum cigarette lighter, silk pajamas, a star sapphire ring, a Cadillac, a diamond stick. No, yes. no, Mary. Those are the things I'm asking Santa Claus to give me. <laughs> my shopping list is on the other side. Oh. Uh, oh, here it is. A package of lifesavers, <laughs> razor blades, toothbrush, shoelaces. Jack Benny, you ought to be a Mary, chef. I gave you the wrong one. Here's my Christmas list. See? Don Wilson, wallet. Well, let's go. The leather goods counter's over there. Gee, the yes, store sir. is crowded. Can, uh, can I help you, please? Oh, yes. I'd like to see some of your wallets. 
Well, we have a large variety. All these wallets you see here are $1.98. $1.98? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Jack, here's some better wallets over here. Oh, yes. I think Don would like this one. It's a uh, genuine cowhide. Cowhide? Uh, how much is that? $40. Cowhide. $40? Jack, stop squeezing it. It won't give milk. But, Mary... Look, Jack. Don has been with you 15 years. It's about time you got him something nice. But, Mary, $40. Oh, Jack, for heaven's sake, for once in your life, show Don you appreciate his loyalty. You know, Mary, you're right. I'm going to get down this wallet. He deserves it. Mister, I'll take that $40 wallet. Yes, sir. Does that, uh, does that include the engraving? Oh, yes. Uh, what would you like to put on it? The price. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I want to enclose one of these cards. Let's see. What will I write? To Don. A very Merry Christmas from Jack Benny. Here it is, mister. Make a nice gift package and see that Mr. Wilson gets it before Christmas. Yes, sir. Come on, Mary. I want to go to the sporting goods department and get something for Phil. Now, here we are. Gee, they sure have a nice assortment of guns and hunting equipment, Jack. Yeah, I think I should be able to get something for Phil here. They seem to have almost... And may I help you, sir? <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, clerk. I'd like to get something for a friend who is quite a sportsman. Well, we've got all kinds of camping equipment. Uh, does he sleep outdoors much? Yes, yeah, sometimes right in front of the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clerk, he has all the camping equipment he needs. His favorite sport, though, is hunting. See, he makes two or three trips a year to the high Sierras. Oh, does he hunt bears? Well, a few days ago, he... Hey, mister, mister, ask me that again, will you? Does he hunt bears? No, Petrillo makes him wear his union suit. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the matter, clerk? Didn't you get it? Yes, and if you'll lend me your handkerchief, I'll wipe it off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I didn't come here for any of your silly wisecracks. He thinks he's smart, doesn't he, Mary? Uh, don't talk to me. I'm pretending I'm not with you. <laughs> what? And now, sir, supposing you look over some of these items while I take care of another customer. Okay, okay. Do you mind if I fool around with this gun? Not at all. It's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Mary. Mary, I wonder if Phil... Hello, Mr. Benny. Mr. Kitzel. Are you doing your Christmas shopping? Yes, I'm buying a Christmas present for my wife. She's always complaining she hasn't got what to wear. So I think I'll get her something sporty in the line of clothes, you know. Well, that sounds nice. Why don't you get your wife a pair of slacks? Oh, <laughs> you never saw my wife. <laughs> She's not the type to wear slacks. Why? Well, she should be slack. She's lumpy. <laughs> 
your your wife is a little chubby, eh? A little chubby. From the back, she looks like Don Wilson from the front. <laughs> and sideways, you wouldn't believe it. I'll take your word for it. Huh? Tell me, Mr. Benny, what are you getting your neighbor for Christmas? My neighbor? Yes, the uh, Ronald Goldman. <laughs> oh, no, that's Ronald Coleman. I don't know what to get him, but I'll think of something. Yes, I suppose. Well, I better finish my shopping. Lumpy is expecting me home for dinner. <laughs> goodbye, Mr. Gitzel, and Merry Christmas. The feeling is reciprocal. <laughs> Come on, Jack. Uh, make up your mind. We still have other shopping to do, you know. All right. You know, I think I'll take this fishing outfit. Oh, clerk. Hey, just a minute. I have other customers. Oh, all right. I'll wait. Uh, that'll be eight seventy-six, madam. Hmm. Uh, have you decided on that, sir? Good. That'll be twelve seventy-five. Gee. Uh, yes, ma'am. Sixteen fifty out of twenty. Gosh. Ouch! Finally got your nose caught in it, didn't you? <laughs> Never mind. Just give me that fishing rod. Now wrap it up, and I'll call for it later. Come on, Mary. Gee, my nose hurts. Well, it's your own fault. Now, let's finish our shopping. Hey, hey, wait a minute, Mary. What's the matter? I've been thinking about that card I put in Don's gift. You know, I think I should have written something clever. I'm going back to the wallet department. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, clerk. Clerk. Yes, sir? Remember me? I, I bought a $40 wallet here a few minutes ago, and I'd like to change the card. But, mister, I've already got it wrapped with ribbon and tinsel and everything. Well, I'm sorry, but you'll have to open it up. I want to change the card. But, mister... Now, please, I'm a customer here. Open it up. Okay. I know what I'll do. I'll write a poem. Oh, fine. Henry Wadsworth, tight fellow. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... Oh, oh, I've got one. To Don. This gift is from Jackie and golly, oh, shut. I hope that you like it. It costs 40 bucks. <laughs> there you are. There you are, mister. Wrap this up with a gift. I'm wrapping it. I'm wrapping it. <laughs> Come on, Mary. You know, Mary, I'm glad I'm giving down that $40 wallet. Yeah, it'd be kind of tough to get a rhyme for $1.98. Yeah. Now, Mary, let's go up to the mezzanine and... Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, Livy, you little fugitive from the doll counter. <laughs> hello, Phil. My, you're certainly loaded down with packages. Yeah, I've been shopping all day. Got presents for everybody. How about you two? Well, I'm nearly finished with my shopping. Your five bucks is almost gone, huh? <laughs> Phil, for your information, I just spent $40 on Don Wilson. What'd you do, take him to lunch? <laughs> no, I... Uh, look out, Phil. One of your packages is slipping. Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> oh, darn it. Now I'll have to get Remley another present. <laughs> Let's move away. I'm getting dizzy. Uh, Phil, did you get gifts for the rest of your band? Yeah, I bought every guy marks for a pair of bedroom slippers. Bedroom slippers? For your musicians? Uh-huh. I thought if I could get them started with those, maybe we could get shoes on them later. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I got all my boys taken care of. The only one I ain't got a gift for yet is Alice. Uh, maybe she'd like to boo. Could be. She thought he was great in Elephant Boy. <laughs> Phil, that's taboo. 
He's a picture star. I wouldn't know. I'm a radio man myself. <laughs> well, I'll be running along. I've got to get Remley another bottle of toilet water. <laughs> toilet water? Phil, that bottle that broke was toilet water? Certainly. If it was the other, do you think I'd have stood here and let it soak into the rug? <laughs> See you later, Jackson. Bye, Bye Mary. Phil. Goodbye, Phil. Come on, Mary. You know, I'm going to be on Phil's show, but he doesn't know it, you know. Hey, let's go up to the mezzanine. They always have nice things up there. Okay, here's the elevator. Yeah. The mezzanine, please. Gee, that's funny, Mary. Four guys running one elevator. Second floor. Christmas toys for girls and boys. Sweaters, shirts, and ties. Corset stays, meant to pays, toothpicks any size. You will like Lucky Strike. Buy them here because they're round and firm and fully packed. Just like Santa Claus. Fellas, you passed my floor. Look, at I wanted to get off at the mezzanine. Third floor. Here you find Venetian blinds, pool and billiard cues. Movie reels, rubber heels, boots and button shoes. Coaster bikes, lucky strikes, Taiwan and you'll see. Your best bet in cigarettes is LSMFT. Fellas, look, take me down, will you? I wanted the mezzanine. Fourth what? floor. Oh, for heaven. Pots and pans, garbage cans, silverware and knives. Buggy whips and pillow slips, china wear and shine. Cartons of smokes you love make a perfect gift. Lucky's are the best by far, so give your friends a lift. Look at fellas, please. I wanted the mezzanine. Take me to the mezzanine. Fifth floor. Tootsie rolls, donut holes, cotton hooks and bows. Violins that fit your chin, shovels, rakes and holes. Railroad fights, lucky strikes, get them on this floor. Once you smoke the lucky strike, we're sure that you want more. Look, boys, I want to finish shopping. Now take me down to the mezzanine. Going down. Mezzanine, gasoline, alligator bags. Coats and coats and billy goats and girdles in zip sags. Let us off, let us off. We got things to do. Merry Christmas to you all. And a happy How do you like that? I asked him to say it's just as well. You know, I've been thinking about that card for Don's wallet. Jack! I don't think it's an appropriate card for a $40 gift. I'm going back and change it. Well, I haven't got nerve enough to face that clerk. I'm going to buy something for my sister, Babe. Babe? What are you going to get her? Well, she asked me to send her a telescope. What does Babe want with a telescope? Uh, she lives across the street for the YMCA. <laughs> Well, I'll meet you here later. I'm going to change that card. Oh, clerk. Clerk. Yes, sir? What can I... Oh, it's you again. Yes, yes. I, I want to change the card in that gift. Oh, no. No, no. First you buy the gift. Then you write the card. Then I wrap the gift. Then you change the card. But look, then I unwrap the gift. Mr. And then you rewrite the card. And then I wrap the gift. And now you want to write another card. Look, never mind that. Just unwrap the gift, will you? I've already sent it down to the delivery department. Well, look, you'll, you'll just have to go down there and get it. All right, I'll go. I'll go. I haven't run into anyone like you in 20 years. Oh, why did the governor have to give me that part? <laughs> 
Look, look, just bring me my package, will you? All right, all right, I'll get it, I'll get it. I'll get it. Hmm, what an eccentric character, isn't it? Something like it. Stevie, uh, Stevie, maybe we can buy something for Mr. Benny here. Okay, Joey, let's look around. Something I can do for you boys? Yes, we'd like to buy something for the treasurer of our club, the Beverly Hills Beavers. A present for the treasurer of your club, eh? How old is he? About the same age as you. Thirty-nine. <laughs> well, boys... It's none of my business, but how come you picked a 39-year-old man to be the treasurer of your beaver club? Because he's such a good businessman. He puts all of our dues in the treasury, and then he lends it out at 10%. <laughs> oh, I see. Who does he lend it to? Us. <laughs> and now that it's Christmas, we were thinking of getting him a necktie. Well, that's always a nice present. Why don't you buy him one that matches his favorite suit? No, we like this one. It matches his eyes. Oh, are his eyes blue? Bluer than the waters of Lake Louise under a sultry summer sky. <laughs> My, where did you boys learn that? Every beaver has to memorize it before I can borrow money. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll like this tie. It's a dollar fifty cents. I'll wrap it up for you. Thank you. Here you are, Mister. Now let's not have any more trouble. Make the card out right this time, will you? Yes, Jack. We've wasted enough time. All right. Uh, how do you think this sounds, Mary? To Don, your pear-shaped tones many announcers ape, but no one can match your pear-shaped shape. <laughs> Isn't that a cute, huh? Yes, Jack, it's a beautiful poem. Nick Kenny would be proud of it. Yeah. Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, Mary. Hello, Dennis. Uh, Dennis, I didn't expect to run into you here. Oh, I brought my mother's lunch. She's the Santa Claus. <laughs> Your mother is a Santa Claus with a white beard and everything? Yeah, and she sure fooled my father. He climbed up on her lap and told her he wanted Hedy Lamar for Christmas. <laughs> Oh, for heaven's sake, what did she do? I don't know, but now my father goes around singing All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. <laughs> oh, say, say, Dennis. Dennis, listen. Come here, come here a minute, will you? Huh? Dennis, you, you've been a nice kid. You've been with me so long. Here it is Christmas, and, well, here's a $50 bonus. Ah, uh, that's just a trick to get me to buy something for you. It is not. I don't care if you don't get me anything. Oh, yeah? Last year when I forgot to buy you a present, you picked me up and threw me in your Bendix. What? And then you charged me 40 cents for washing my shirt. Look, kid, if you don't want... Oh, my goodness. What's the matter, Jack? Just a minute. Oh, clerk. Now what? Now what? That... That card I wrote to Mr. Wilson, I left it right here on the counter, and I, I can't find it. Oh, don't worry about it. I found it, and I put it in the package, wrapped it up, and sent it down to the delivery room. Well, I, uh, I forgot to sign the card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, lady. I'll get his package. The customer is always right. And this jerk is a customer. <laughs> see, Mary, you, you've got to know how to handle these people, you see? Now, come on, let's shop around till he gets the package from the delivery room. Will you? Say, Mary, what do you think I ought to get for my sister Florence? Well, I don't know. Uh, laundry might be nice. Say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, there's a laundry counter right over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, pardon me, but would you mind waiting on us? Uh, why not? <laughs> Your money's as good as anybody's. Well, could you show me something in silk lingerie? Certainly. What's your size? <laughs> Look, they're not for me. Uh, they're for his sister, size 34. Okay. Here's a whole box of them. Uh, will you lay the lingerie out for us, please? Well, just a minute till I put my gloves on. Gloves? Touching that stuff with my bare hands makes me a nervous wreck. <laughs> what? Especially the black ones. We haven't got all day. Show us something in size 34. Okay. Here's a nice little garment. A genuine, pure silk nighty. Gee, that's awfully pretty. I think this would be very... Uh, uh, wait a minute, mister. What are these little loops on the bottom of the nightgown? The loops? <laughs> yeah, the loops. <laughs> yes, what are the loops for? When you go to bed, you hook them over your toes so the nightgown won't creep up on you. <laughs> Send it to my sister, Mrs. Florence Fenchel. Here's the address. Yes, sir. Oh, look, Jack. There's Rochester doing his Christmas shopping, too. Yeah, shh. I want to hear what he's getting. Can I do anything for you? Yes, I'm looking for a Christmas present for my boss. Perhaps if you told me something about your employer, I'd be able to make some suggestions. How old is he? That and what happened to the gas man are the two burning issues of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Can't go wrong if you get him a nice scarf. We have some beautiful silk ones for $20. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. Shh. Jack, you'll hear you. No, I'm afraid $20 is more than I had in mind. We also have some lovely ones for $15. That's still too much. $12.50? Uh-uh. Well, we have other gifts for about $10. Seven dollars $6. When you get down to a buck and a quarter, wrap it up. <laughs> well, that's not much of a gift. What does your boss usually give you for Christmas? A brand new dollar bill and a lecture on the evils of wine, women, and song. <laughs> oh. Well, look, if he's that kind of a man, why do you keep working for him? Well, it's kind of hard to explain. But he's good, thoughtful, kind, considerate, and he gives me his old toupees to cover my bicycle seat. <laughs> Here's a nice red scarf, which is really an excellent buy. I'd rather take this one here. The color will match his eyes. 
Are his eyes blue? Bluer than the waters of Lake Louise under a sultry summer sky. <laughs> oh, are you a beaver? No, but I work like one. <laughs> I don't know, Mary. Some little joke, I guess. Now, come on. Let's go and see. Oh, Mary. I just thought of something. Not again. Come on with me. It'll only take a minute. Oh, clerk. Clerk. Here's the package. I got it up from the delivery room. Now, go on and sign the card. No, no, no. That's not important now. I want to change the wallet. What? Instead of the $40 one, I'll take the one that costs $1.98. Gee, he was such a young fellow, too. <laughs> well, I'll take the $1.98 wallet and put the money in his hand. <laughs> Come on, Mary, let's go. Now, I wonder if we have to... Oh, look who's here. Hey, Don! Don! Oh, hi, Jack. Hello, Mary. Gee, what trouble I'm having in this store. Wish I didn't have such a big stomach. Why? Well, it seems there's a piano missing, and they searched me three times. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, yes, I did that yesterday, but today I bought a gift for our gardener. Your gardener? Well, what'd you buy him? A $40 wallet. (laughs) A $40 wallet? For your gardener? Jack, the only other ones they had were $1.98, and I wouldn't give that to a dog. (laughs) Well, you can start barking, brother, and Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas, Doc. See you later. Come on, Mary, let's go home. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as is our custom every Christmas, at this time, Dennis Day will sing Ava Maria. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow night, it's the final show before Santa arrives. Suspense, followed by Red Skelton. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.